Hey, I just want to say thank you for checking out this message today. I hope that it helps you, that it encourages you, and that you are able to learn a little bit more about who God is and why so many people throughout history have chosen to become followers of Jesus. If you enjoy this message and you want to hear more, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube, but ultimately you can find everything you need to know at clcwinnipeg.ca. There you can find more messages, you can find our social handles, ways to get connected to our church, and if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do that as well. And like I said before, I hope that you are encouraged by the message you're about to hear. God bless you. Hi everybody and welcome to Christian Life Church Online. It is great to have you with us today and we want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. We are going to be continuing our series today on the gift exchange as that is our theme for this Christmas season. And today I want to talk to you about uh, a story coming out of Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 to 13. Perry Green tells this story of a time when Albert Einstein was taking a train to an out-of-town engagement and the conductor stopped by to punch his ticket but the great scientist was preoccupied and with his work and everything and he explained that he couldn't find his ticket anywhere. He'd looked in his coat pockets and looked in his briefcase and, and, and he couldn't find it anywhere and he, he felt really bad. The conductor said, we all know who you are, Dr. Einstein. I'm sure you bought a ticket. Don't worry about it. And so then as the conductor continued to move along, he looked back to see Einstein on his hands and knees, searching under seats for his ticket. The conductor walked back and said, Dr. Einstein, please don't worry about it. I know who you are. Exasperated, Einstein looked up to him and said, I too know who I am. What I don't know is where I'm going. He knew he, who he was, he just didn't know where he was going. And you know, that's a story for a lot of people. But today our story is about three wise men who did know where they were going. They were going to see this Jesus who was born and they were following a star that was leading them there. And I want to talk a little bit about that, about the gifts that they brought to Jesus, the significance of that. But I also want to talk about a little bit of a background story to what was also going on uh, around this time that Jesus was born. And so let's look at this passage of scripture, okay? It says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to 13, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem along with him. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I may worship and go to where he is. Now after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it, was, when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. And then they opened their treasures 
and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And when they had, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Wow. Jesus' birth created quite a stir. You know, we, we celebrate Christmas, and that's the first thing I want to talk about, is the, the stir that, his, his, that the gift of Jesus uh, created. While we celebrate Christmas, um, you know, it's kind of full of peace on earth and goodwill toward men, and we exchange gifts, and we get together with family and friends, and we really have a really wonderful time. Now, sometimes Christmas is a very painful time. You know, if you've lost a loved one over the last year, you've gone through some kind of traumatic situation, a separation, divorce, you know, there's all kinds of things that actually make Christmas a, a rather painful occasion. But as we, as we think of the birth of Jesus some 2,000 years ago, we are reminded that the birth of Christ caused quite a stir. You see, the news of, of Jesus' birth reached the ears of the most powerful people. And it was not well received. It was perceived that Jesus was going to be a threat to their political dynasty. And Jesus not, didn't come to take down Herod. I mean, Herod was paranoid about this, this child Christ. But Jesus' greatest threat, the greatest threat that Jesus posed was not to kingdoms of this earth. It was the kingdom of darkness, sin, Satan, death. That's what Jesus had in his sights as his targets. So Satan launched an all-out attack to get rid of Jesus. All-out opposition. Let's get rid of him. And he was using, obviously, Herod as an instrument to get the job done. He wanted to prevent Jesus from setting captives free. He wanted to prevent Jesus from bringing people eternal life, salvation, forgiveness of sin, freedom from the bondage of sin. He wanted to prevent Jesus from doing anything. And Satan will always try to kill God's plans in their infancy. Have you ever thought of that? There's a lesson that we can learn from this. You see, God has plans for absolutely every life. Everybody that's listening today, God has a plan for your life. For our youth and young adults, God has a plan for their lives, for your life. He has a call. He has a destiny. He has a work for you to do. He has purposes for the lives of our young people and our youth. There are others that may be listening today and watching today, and, and maybe you're looking to God for healing or deliverance from a, an addiction or a habit. Maybe you've been praying for the salvation of, of people you really love and, and care about. You see, God has plans for all of us, and he's always at work. But the enemy opposes and attempts to thwart, stop, or kill God's plans all the time. 
He is wanting to prevent you from fulfilling God's purposes in your life. And oftentimes, the enemy will, will come and try and get us off target, get us off where God wants us to be early in the journey, when a plan is in its infancy. Well, how does he do that? Well, I think one of the ways he does it, I'm, I'm going to line out uh, several D's. So just follow me along, follow along with me here. The first D is deception. The enemy will always attack the truth. He will always attack the word of God. Try and discredit it and put doubt in people's minds, cause them to reject the truth of God's word. And because if, if, you can, if you can deceive people, if you can get people turned off of the truth and believing things that are not true, well, they're not going to fulfill God's plans for their lives. So there will always be a rejection of truth. There will be doubt. There would be deception. He changes our thinking. He confuses people. We see this happen all the time as, as young people go into higher education. They may go in to higher education and, and they, they, they love God and, and, and they want to serve God. And, and, and then suddenly they find that they're questioning everything they, they've been taught to believe because they're told it's not true. Here's another way that um, the enemy tries to kill plans in their infancy. Uh, discouragement. Discouragement. You ever feel discouraged? Sometimes you're starting a, a fresh new task. You might be starting a, a diet. You might be starting a new relationship. You might be newly wed. And we can become very discouraged. You might be in a job or, or planning something, you know, starting a business or something. Starting a new ministry. And discouragement sets in. And, and, and so the battle goes on in our minds. Oh, it's a, a losing battle. You've been praying and, and God hasn't been answering prayer. Just, just give up. Just be discouraged. Just give up. You're all alone in this. Look at everybody else. They're all doing fine. Well, look at you. And, and then we get discouraged. Just give up. It's not worth it. It won't work. It's not for you. You, you failed. It, it's too late. And so discouragement is one way that the enemy uses to thwart the plans of God in our lives. Here's another one. Division and discord. Division and discord. How many great churches have been destroyed by division? How many new ministries that were just getting going got destroyed by division, by discord, by, by leaders starting to fight with each other instead of fighting for the cause? Division and, and, and discord causes things to screech to a halt. And the enemy tries to get us distracted, get our eyes on each other, and our eyes off of what God wants to do. Well, here's another one. It's distraction. And that is when uh, our eyes get off of what we are called to do. And, and our, our attention is turned away from God's call. God's purpose, God's plan. And there's all kinds of things that can distract us. It can be a relationship. It can be materialism. Our careers, you know, our possessions, our homes, whatever. Sin, fear, not trusting the Lord. All of these things can be a real distraction to us. When I started out ministry, I started out church planting and have kind of done that throughout uh, my ministry is planting or replanting churches, uh, 
starting new ministries. And, and more than once, I, I discovered that it would oftentimes be early in the journey that we would come up against all kinds of these problems, distraction, discouragement, uh, division, discord, all of these tactics we had to deal with and work through because the enemy was always trying to, to kill the baby, so to speak, to, to kill it in its infancy, to kill a ministry in its infancy before it even got started. And that is certainly something that the enemy will try to do oftentimes. It's just a well-used script. All I can say is don't stop. Keep going. Persist. Don't give up. Because Jesus overcame Satan. He defeated him. And because we serve a victorious Savior, we can keep pressing on. We never have to give up. Just work hard. Stay focused. Keep believing. Keep praying. And keep your eyes on what Jesus has called you to do. In Jesus' case, you know, they were warned, go off to, to Egypt. Don't give up. Don't stand here and wait for the bad things to happen. Take action and do what you got to do. And so that was God's word to them. Well, let's talk next about the gifts that the Magi brought to Jesus. These were gifts that had some meaning to them. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There was some symbolism attached to them and some prophetic meaning to, to them as well. The gold was uh, indicative of Christ's kingship. It was a declaration that Jesus is king. Gold was associated with royalty. Frankincense is an incense and it recognizes the deity of Jesus. We worship Jesus. Myrrh had a darker meaning to it. It had symbolism tied to death and suffering. And we know that Jesus came to suffer. We know that he came to die. We know that he came to lay down his life for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, gave as a sacrifice, gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Christ laid down his life for you and for me. He died for our sin. He took our place on Calvary. He paid the price for all of the wrong that we've done, all the sins we've committed, all the, all the, 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 the people we've hurt, all the ways we've fallen short. Jesus came and died in our place for that sin because he knew we couldn't fix it. Christ is the Son of God, the King of Kings, and he came to give his life so we can have eternal life. What a great gift exchange. Well, as I conclude today, as Christmas comes, for many of us, life is still happening. Still very much in the grip of a pandemic. I can't say we're in the middle of it because I don't know if we're near the end of it, the middle of it, or a quarter way through. Don't know. But we're certainly in the pandemic's grip. Many of you are dealing with family problems, family issues. Maybe you've got health issues, financial stuff going on. We have to wade through all of these things day by day. 
We have thoughts, we have plans for the future. We recognize that in the midst of all of the complexities of life, that it is important as we see this story to keep our focus on Jesus, to not be distracted, to not be discouraged, to not be deceived, not to give up. Keep pursuing the plans and the purposes that God has for your life, no matter what stage of life you're at. It's never too late. Never give up, because Jesus is victor, and he reigns forevermore. Let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, we come to you, and we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that we gain from your word, for the knowledge and the understanding of your ways, your plans, and your purposes. We pray your blessing on each person as we, as we listen today and as we live our lives and go our separate ways. We pray your blessing on each one. And I want to close today by saying if, if you have never received Christ as your Savior, I want to remind you that Christmas is about Christ. Christmas is about Jesus Christ coming to lay his life down for you and for me. Coming as your Savior. And if you want to have a personal relationship with God, you can have that through his son, Jesus Christ, by receiving Christ as your Savior. Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. I receive you as my Savior. It's that simple. If you've prayed a prayer like that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at clcwinnipeg.ca. And if you have a prayer request, we'd love to hear from you. We want to pray for you. And uh, many people are looking at year-end donations and giving. If you're in a situation where you'd like to give to a ministry, we welcome your gifts. You can give online through our website, again, clcwinnipeg.ca. We'd appreciate it greatly. And just one uh, quick announcement. We just found out that new restrictions have been added to Manitoba for um, gatherings and we are really pared down and we are finding it necessary because we're almost at Christmas and people are away and holidays and we just can't pivot that quickly that we are going to have to just be online so we won't be having any in-person gatherings from this Sunday on uh, so that includes December 26th, January 2nd, and January the 9th. We are planning on being back together in person on January the 16th, God willing. And we'll see uh, what the province uh, does in the meantime. But that's our plan. That's what we're going for. So you can join us online next Sunday again at 11 a.m. And also on Christmas Eve at 4.30 p.m. We will be online and we hope you join with us for that service. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Be encouraged. Keep hoping, keep believing, keep trusting, and never give up. God bless you.